Hey, this is Ryan Chapman, and today I have back with me Jared Markle. You'll remember Jared was on a couple episodes back, and at that time we talked about a number of really valuable topics, but we've got two more that we wanted to cover because you know, if you've ever done podcasts, you know how this goes. You're going, and then you turn off the recording, and then you have your post-episode chat, and inevitably something good comes up. And you're like, are we still recording? And the answer was no. So I was like, okay, well, we got to have you back, Jared. And so we're excited to have you back today. Well, thanks for having me back. And maybe I did that on purpose just so you'd invite me back. I don't know. Well, I wouldn't put it past you. You're pretty skilled at this stuff. Well, one of the things that came up, and let's just jump right into it for everybody, is you guys do these live virtual events. Yep. I know that's that, you know, having a one to many sales opportunity or teaching opportunity online is a really common experience these days, but always the challenge is who shows up, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. You get a ton of people to register, especially if it's a free event, paid events are a little bit different, but sure. Even if with paid events, I mean, we, we don't really do any free live virtual events anymore because we learned that you get what you pay for when you come to these things. And so if we offer free events, people don't get as much value out of it because they don't assign the value, if that makes yeah. sense. No, that might be a whole other topic in itself. Well, yeah, you know, I've, that's been my experience is people rarely value what they get for free. I mean, we give a bunch of stuff for free at uh, Fix Your Funnel. And I don't think there's many people that really take us take advantage of all the resources we make available. Yeah, I know I don't. There's tons of stuff that I, I didn't even know you had available. And then you were telling me, I think it was uh, Jared Chapman. I, I guess he's probably okay. done, huh? Yep. He's my son. Oh, that's awesome. Family business. But I was talking to him and he's like, Hey, did you know we have this, this, and this? I'm like, Oh no, I didn't, but thank you. I mean, the fortunate thing for you is that you've kind of naturally gone and done a lot of the strategies we talk about. That's why I'm so excited to have you talk today. But yeah, that, that whole situation of it, whether it's paid or free, getting people to show up is the real challenge. So sure. you mentioned you get a 70% attendance. Is that on the paid events? Yeah. Yeah. On the paid events. Like I said, we don't know many free events anymore. Yeah. Um, But with the live virtual events that we do, it's, we, we essentially pick a topic that we can teach and then we have people show up to essentially a webinar. But what I like to call it is an interactive webinar because during the class, you know, we teach the class, we teach the material. And and then at the end we give everybody an opportunity to raise their hand and say, Hey, I have this question. And we let them come on live. So we do it on Zoom right here like this. Oh, very cool. And we let them, we unmute them and let them actually ask their question. Because have you ever been on those events that are seemingly live and they're talking about these questions that are being answered and then you you never get your question answered? So I wanted to make sure that people know with our event that it's actually real and we're, we're really, really there. Yeah. So, so what are you guys doing to get, get that high? And then you guys do some neat things with upsells too that aren't perceived as being weird. So mm-hmm. I'd like you to talk into that too. But first, how do you get 70% to show up? So easy. That's communicating with them. And so we actually use emails, which kind of work, but text messages are what did the trick. And the last one that we did, we actually had a 100% attendance rates for people that paid and people that showed up. I was blown away. I was like, oh man, 100% of the people are here. And let's talk about that campaign between registration and show up. Okay. Because so, there is a sequence there, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. See, I, for me, what I noticed a lot of people do is they don't, they pay attention to getting people registered and they pay attention to the presentation that they'll give when people get there, but they kind of neglect the in-between. Yeah. And I think that that's because a lot of, um, they're like, oh man, this is going to take so much time. But really with marketing automation, the way it is now, you can set everything up prior to even launching the event. So you're, you're, you're kind of like, after you launch registration, you're physically neglecting the, the follow-ups, but it's automatically happening because you, you previously set it up. So you don't have to be there unless they send a reply or whatever but you don't actually have to say, okay, it's uh, two days before the class. I need to send this email or this text message. Exactly. It's already done because you set it up. So what's your camp? What does your sequence look like between? So our sequence, it depends on how long. So the last one we did, we had two weeks between sign up and, and the actual event. I'm glad you bring that up because that's really important. A lot of people don't realize that the length of time changes your strategy. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll, if it's a long period of time, like we actually just sold a live training class that is going to be take place in Wyoming in the end of July and the beginning of October. So that's a few months away. Well, I've got automated sequences and that's when where people actually show up live. It's not a virtual event. Yeah. And I've got sequences there that check in every two weeks or once a month. I can't remember which one it was. I think it's every two weeks or, or once a month until three months before the event. And then it's every two weeks. Yeah. And so I just check in with them. I send them the information for the class and this is universal between the live and the virtual training events. Yeah. So across the board, any event that we do, I say, okay, we're in the process of them waiting to show up to the event. Do I need to contact them and say, and just kind of keep it on the top of their brain. Yeah. So if we have an event that is, we open up registration and it's two weeks later, I'm going to contact them two to three times a week until the event happens. And then without failure, every single event, they get three days before, two days before, and then two, uh, no, yeah, two messages the, the day before. And then depending on what time the event takes place, it's either yeah. three the day of, or if it's in a morning event, just one. It's the buildup to that. Yeah. When, what kind of messages are you putting into those? Because now we know okay, you got mechanically yep. you've got messages going out on these dates or this time frame. What's, what's the content like? The content is, I always, I, I just, uh, man, this is, this is difficult to explain. So in the email or the text message, text messages are a little bit more concise because you have a character limit, right? Yeah. So you have to be more direct and to the point. But in both types of communication, I always tell them like, hey, this is what I'm doing this week or, you know, this is what's been going on in my life. And if you preload these, then you can just talk about stuff that's going on right now in your life because it did, it has already happened and you haven't told them yet. So I try to add a personal spin there, but I also give them information about the class. It's like, hey, remember your, you know, your classes, your Legion of Michael class, for instance, that's our virtual event is, is starting next Sunday at 2 PM. And so, and here's the link to all the information. So I make sure I give them something to click on to go see more information and kind of remind them, okay, I need to show up at this time. I need to bring these things to the class. You know, most of the time, essentially reselling them on the event. Yep. With some form of content. When we did um, short sale genius, which was our training company, we first started using infusion soft. 
uh, we were pushing to a free live event. So we were trying to get them to leave their house or office and go there. And what we found is that we would do the same rhythm two to three per week, you know, depending on how far out. We usually didn't start advertising until two weeks out because before that was, didn't make sense anyway. Right. And then we would have had it so that depending on where they come in, they would get, you know, the, the right messages, but two to three per week, as many mediums as we could. So in our case, because it was free, we really had to work extra hard to get them to attend. So we would have, I would have them and because they're showing up in person, I'd have them print out the thank you page, which I put a fake barcode on and made a ticket. And then they had an ID number, which was their contact ID. Right. And I said, you've got to bring this to show up, put it on your desk in front of your computer because I wanted to escape the electrons, yeah. and get into the physical world as yep. quickly as possible. So I've seen some people will use um, like a worksheet, like a pre-training worksheet or a workbook or something where the person's got to do some pre-work to kind of get them engaged in the training as well. Yep. And that's another thing we do with the virtual events is every virtual event has some kind of physical product attached to it. And most of the time it's a book. And so oh, we, okay. we tell, we send them a physical thing that'll be a reminder because they'll, they'll get this package. Great. I was going to ask that, but I didn't want to put you on the spot. Oh <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. Every product that we, or every, every package that we send has a handwritten note in it from Zach, the shipping ogre and uh, <laughs> some swag stuff. And then the product, of course. See, and, people don't realize how important even that name, like Zach the Shipping Ogre is. Yeah, it's because, a persona. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it's, it's internal language that only those who are in the know know. Yep. And so it creates some unity between everybody that attends because they have inside information that others don't. Exactly. And that's yeah. a really important part of creating community is the language of the community. Absolutely. And we, we always joke that if you order from us, the shipping ogre will touch your package and <laughs> people love that. People love it. That's great. But that goes, you know, the strategy there is a, to give them the information because the book is information that will help them also. Yeah. But it's also a physical reminder that they can set, you know, at their house and their desk, the thank you cards that can hang up on the refrigerator. We've got pictures of that before. And so every time they enter that space in their house in their real life, they think, oh man, those guys at, at Student of the Gun are, are, are really great people. Or those guys, you know, with MMCG, I send a, a welcome kit to all my clients that's got a, uh, some pretty cool stuff in it. I don't want to reveal what it is, but sure. um, some pretty cool stuff in it that they can hang up and it's very visually attractive. And so I do that because I, I really appreciate my clients and I want them to have this thing because it, it looks nice and it, it, it's just kind of a gesture of goodwill, I guess. Yeah. And then when people, you know, when they ever, they enter the space, wherever they hang that thing up, they're like, oh yeah, MMCG sent me that. Yeah. I, th I don't think it can be overstated how important it is to get into their physical environment. There's so many things competing for the attention of your prospects and customers. Yeah. So many things. And so it, if you rely just upon digital, as good as texting is, you know, it's still digital. It's on the device. And so if, if you can get into the physical environment where you create a physical reminder, I like to tell the story about Dan Kennedy talks about how he would teach people to always back into their parking space as part of his training. And then every time somebody did something as mundane as parking, they were being reminded of him. That's so, funny. So, you know, there's, there's different ways that you can get into their lives on a regular basis. 
but physical products or papers or whatever is a good one. And you, you guys have a system internally that you do all your shipping through. So it's an internal fulfillment of that. Some people get intimidated by that. I know what we use is rocket notes for like our brownies mm -hmm. cards. So that kind of stuff where I don't want, we just don't have the bandwidth to handle all the stuff that we need to do. I'll, I'll let um, rocket notes do that just do an HTTP post, but for sending our books, we actually have, and I'm going to have to, I don't, I'm going to have to come up with a name for them now, but Tyson on our team sends out the books. I just got to give him a, a nickname like you guys did. And yeah. Do that. But he sends out the actual physical books on some regular rhythm. So we got a process for that. People don't realize how valuable that is. And so they're like, Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. That is the most valuable stuff that you can do though, in my opinion. Yeah. I was just going to say it's a lot of work because it has a lot of value. Yeah. Anything that actually has value and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but it, like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, the things that have given me a lot of value in my life took a lot of work. There's nothing that I can think of that was easy that gave me a lot of value. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly some things that, yeah, I would just agree. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the message is more important. Yeah, sure. So, but if anybody here is, is really concerned about fulfillment services, that's something that we can do. You ship us your products. We house it here and it's oh, out by the shipping over. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, we do that. And he does a fantastic job. You know, there's the system exists. We've really leaned it out because that's one of my favorite things is process mapping and process yeah. optimization. And so we've leaned the system out and we've figured out how to make it relatively inexpensive for other people to utilize it. So very uh, cool. Something that we would love. Well, I'm glad about. you mentioned that. Maybe we'll have your shipping ogre become our shipping. <laughs> there you go. Tyson will probably be thanking me. We worry more about customer support and less about shipping books. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, I just, I think that's an underappreciated thing. The thing to look for in that kind of scenario, no matter what, what it is, is do you have enough time between when they register and before the event to get the mail through? Yeah. As long as you do, I think it's it's worthwhile. Even if all you did was a letter, you know, or a card that yep. would be far superior to just relying upon emails and text messages. Although those are both good text, obviously being more valuable than, than email alone. But I didn't realize that you were using all that. And that's great because I feel like that is really where the secret sauce is, is when you realize the value of a customer, you can start doing these things. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting to me because as we're talking, I'm like, Oh yeah, we do all these things that are, that are technically tactics, but we just do them because it, we wanted to, right? Yeah. It just, we didn't think like, Hey, can we sit down and how can we get more, you know, how can we do this? And uh, we just wanted to do it for the customer and then it turned out to be a tactic. So. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And you know, if you, as long as you know what the value of your customer is, then you know how much you can spend yep. to get them. And if you know what your initial purchase price is and then the ongoing long-term Thing, then now you can start making investments. On one of the previous interviews with, with uh, Craig Jacobson, he talked about when you find that moment when marketing becomes an investment instead of an expense, that's when everything changes for you. Mm. Because you realize, oh, okay, spending this money in this way produces money for me. And that's an important transformation is when you go, okay, how much can I spend instead of how much do I have to spend? Yeah. And so that's, that's really what you're looking for in your business is getting to that point where you go, oh, okay, how much can I spend of the revenue we're generating so I can generate even more revenue? Yeah. 
what you just said is, is kind of how I try to live my life because you could say, you know, I, I like to go to the gym and I, I do barbell training. And so I could say, man, I have to go to the gym today. Or I could say, I get to go to the gym today. And there's two totally different mindsets to those different statements. There is. And so your output on the end of, of those statements that you're making to yourself is going to be affected by how you view the task that you're doing. That's hundred percent right. I agree. Okay. Well, I think we've, we've hit that. Is there anything else that you're doing in the live virtual event scenario to, to get to this? Oh, I know we, we talked about all the tactics to get to the 70% or hundred percent attendances in your last one, but what do you do at the, those events to increase the value of the customer that is not perceived as being salesy or pushy or anything like that? Yeah. So one thing that I can, I can bring up that's, it's not salesy at all. It's just because it's a cool thing. They like to, they like to, they liked the sales pitch, which really wasn't a sales pitch. And that's the certificates that we, we give, you know, every person gets a digital certificate that they can print off themselves, or we can do a physically shipped certificate in a, in a certificate holder that has the Legion of Michael logo on it. And so we, we ran that. And people were super excited about their certificate holder. And I was like, I didn't even think that people would be this excited. And it does increase revenue, but it also gives them something physically to hang up on their wall to remind them, hey, that came from Legion of Michael. You know, I put a lot of effort into this course and I came out on the other end with this thing. That's very cool. You, you talked also about this insurance that may, like it's a natural progression of the training that you're doing. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? How did you guys discover this natural thing that would, it's a no brainer for the people that are going through the course? I don't know. That's a really good question. I guess when I set up these courses or when we as a team set up these courses, we think, Hey, you know, what, what could we do to improve the experience of the customer on this course? And then after we say it, we come up with this list of things, then we say, okay, well, what's the cost of this? And what would the cost to the customer be? And there's some things that we're like, oh, that just wouldn't make sense. They're, you know, even if they did pay that much, it's just going to be not worth it for them. And yeah. so we rule out something, some ideas that we come up with, but things like a certificate, for instance, that's just, a, it, it just fits because you just did a course. Most courses, if you're doing live training, you always hand them a certificate some training classes don't, but most do. Yeah. And then, so I'm like, the virtual events, I just try to kind of make very much, as much as I can, like a live training event. And so everything we do there, it's like, why can't we do that online? That's interesting. So you guys brainstorm ahead of time when you're thinking about, okay, here's the class. What are natural things that, that would go along with it? If I finished this course, what else would I probably need to have? Right. And I guess I should be clear, that doesn't happen the first course. We, we do minimum viable product. We're big, really heavy on that. Sure. You launch it and then you're like, okay, with the minimum amount of ideas that you can get to make- Is the market interested in it? Yes. And then once you do that, when you're doing the second class, you say, okay, you know, what was the feedback we got so we can improve that stuff? But how, how else can we I, make- I'd like class? to thank you for pointing that out because I think um, what's really common when- people are talking about what they've done is they cut out all the work phase and it's like, there's no, not even a montage. We just go from, you know, initial idea to final finished polished product and it gives the wrong impression to people. And so people can fall into that trap of, Oh, I got to get this thing polished before 
you know, I got to take into consideration everything that Ryan and Jared are talking about before I push anything live. Because even in my scenario with the, the training company and when we had that campaign where we were sending direct mail and the text and the fax and the email, because we had all those things to work with, the first version was just email. Yeah. It was just something. And then we said, okay, how do we improve this now that it's working? So it's really important for people not to, to mistake that anybody that pushes out a fully polished thing that works. I've tried before and it never <laughs> published, right? That, you know, a long time ago. But if you did publish it, you'd be sorely disappointed because it wouldn't produce the result you want. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because it, it was the thing that I thought they wanted. It yeah. wasn't driven by the customer. Yeah, you got to get the feedback from the customer. Even if you go to the customer first and say, what do you want? MVP, see what they say. If they really enjoy it and you're spot on, then do it again. You know, and then you can, as you're doing it again and again, you can refine with each phase, you know, learn something new and improve. Let's talk about the, the live events. You guys go to a lot of events where you're a sponsor or a speaker of some sort. How, how do you guys make these events into the most profitable experience possible and the most engaging to retain customers and all that? So leading up to the event, I'll make sure that we identify the people that are actually going to be there that know they're going to be there and inevitably we'll always, we'll do this. And then people will show up that didn't say, Hey, I'm going to be there because it was a last minute decision. Yeah. But by, by sending out communications and trying to identify people that are, that know they're going to be there, then we can have that core group of people that we already know are going to be there so we can meet up with them. Okay. Well, let's, let's get into that specifically because, you know, tactically people need to understand how that's done because from a, idea standpoint, it's like, well, yeah, that's no brainer. That, uh, of course you do that. Tactically, how do you figure out who's going to be there? Yeah. So tactically with email, we send an email and, and they click a link to, I say, Hey, click here. If you're going to be at this event, and then that goes to their account. So we can identify them later via text message. We either do a, a link that adds a tag or we do a reply conversation. Good question on that. Some people might think that I would tell you, go ahead and send the email and the text to the whole group. But if you want to know, like, how do you, how do you do it? I'll tell you how I do it. And you can tell me if you do it differently. My thought as, as a business owner is I'll spend the money where I need to, but I'm not going to spend it frivolously. So I will send an email first because that's already wrapped up in my cost of everything else. So I'll send the email first to the group of people I'm trying to get a response from in some way, click a link, that kind of thing. And then I'll give it like, 24 hours sometimes, depending on how rushed I am. And then whoever didn't click the link in the email then gets the text message. That way I'm not double spending where I don't need to. If a person's going to respond to the email, I'll let them do it. And then the people that don't, that's then I'll hit them up with the text message. How do you do it? Same way. Okay, good. If it's a, if it's a big group of people, like yeah. we're paying members that I'll just send them all a text message because it's an opportunity for me to to build that with, them. with them, but um, they're paying me. So that pays for the text message. Sure. A list of people that aren't customers and we do it the exact same way you just said. Okay. So email first and then, yeah, if I had paying like a paying group of customers, I was trying to reach, I just do a broadcast mm. probably from a broadcaster. That way it gets throttled out and kind of evens out the flow and response to when, when we had the training company, sometimes we would do a voice broadcast, which you know, it was basically like we, the way we did it, it was essentially the direct to voicemail. 
method that we have available now. I love that, by the way. So we would do that. And then because they're real estate agents, if they miss a call, they call you back. And so we would do it and we'd send out like three, 4,000 of these voicemails. And then all of a sudden our phone lines would go off the hook crazy. And our staff always hated us when we did that. <laughs> because it was all just a tidal wave out and tidal wave back in, you know? And so I really appreciate the throttling capabilities uh, that the broadcaster offers because it can even out the response instead of getting everything all at once. It, well, one, it wouldn't be delivered by the carriers as far as texting goes, but two, it, it kind of even, evens out your response level. So it's not so bad. That's a, that's a good tactic to use. Yeah. I don't, I haven't done that. I've used campaign the whole time, but I just have three people that are, that are ready for the text message stuff. At least three people there. Yeah, we do to our members because three people can handle the replies from our members. Sure. So, and um, you guys have pretty and, responsive members too. Yeah, yeah. I just I sent an email last week that I got a couple thousand responses from, and I'm almost through oh, now. That's I sat down and replied to everybody. I try to do that as much as I can. No matter if if they reply to an email and it takes me four weeks to reply back, then it'll take me four weeks, but they're going to get a reply. That's great. So, you know, that's interesting is so many people have trained the recipients of their emails that their emails are not to be responded to, that they kill the effectiveness of it. When you know you actually could respond to the person, that dramatically increases the engagement and as a result, the community and the customer value and all that too. Yeah, we, I actually, I went through the, my brother actually just put up links or I mean um, stats for the past, since the beginning of the year emails that we'd sent. And the ones with the reply button, about 30, what was it, 36%, Zach? So we'll, we'll go on the low end, just say 36% of them actually replied to the message. That's which, great. Yeah, I was like, that, that's crazy. That's great. I, I think that's, that that's an important lesson for people on a totally different subject, which is I was talking to somebody else the other day about it's not the size of the list, it's the, it's the relationship with the list. And so you, it's up to you as a business owner to maintain the quality of your lines of communication. If you treat people like uh, objects instead of humans, you're, you're going to kill your lines of communication. If you keep those lines of communication open, respond to people like you're saying, now you're taking care of those lines of communication. Now you're going to have a great experience and relationship with the customers. And that's where you, you make or break a company. And I, after we did our last podcast together, I actually went in and I started looking at what I did when we first started and mm -hmm. I, I did it wrong for about, I would say almost a year. And, and then I finally, you know, after that year period, I either I reevaluated or somebody gave me some information or something, but I changed and you could see the change and looking back at the broadcasts and, and the emails and stuff, you could see the change in the way that you, you talk to people. And so I think that everybody that hasn't done, you know, that's a new business owner or is it, it's kind of new at this. Yeah. will do it that way for a period of time until they realize, Hey, this isn't working. And then they sit down and they think, okay, how can this work? Or they get information from somebody that, that tells them that they should do it a different way. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why we send you the messaging connection. When you sign up for fix your funnel, if you just look at it, by the way, you got that audio yep. last time we talked about it. Yeah, okay, good. No, that's great. Yeah, you have to get some, something has to change, otherwise you don't, right? You have to get some sort of new information. That's why listening to podcasts like these can be so valuable. And you can do this anytime. You can do it while you're exercising. 
hitting those barbells like you do or, you know, whatever, driving the kids to school, what have you. We keep it clean. All right. So you get the people to, to, to raise their hand and say, yeah, this is me. I'm going to be at the event. Now, what do you do when you're at the event? Yep. So when we're at the event, um, generally what we do is we have several places that we're scheduled to be for mm -hmm. book signing or whatever we're there for. And so while we're there, I'll send reminders about the event. And generally I do that the day before. It's like, hey, tomorrow we have this. You know, here's a list of everything. And then an hour before the actual event on the day of the event, uh, I'll send out a text message that says, hey, don't forget, you know, we have this thing coming up. So meet us at booth number 6969 or whatever. Yeah. So, That's perfect. So how you obviously did, because you guys have been doing stuff for a long time. You did stuff before you implemented that strategy. You've done it since. What has the difference been in terms of any, any metric that you think is important for people to hear about? Oh, attendance has definitely been up way higher. Um, I can give a specific example and I've got a, a picture to prove it, but you can't see it right now. If you want the picture, then just text me and I'll send it to you. But I did a, an announcement at a show two years ago. So my dad actually wasn't able to go because he was going through some medical treatment. And mm -hmm. so I went and when I was on my way, I was like, okay, I need to make this one of the, the biggest announcements that we've made. And so I, I worked really hard to send text messages and emails. And I actually used chat, chat bots on that one too. Because what you find at events is people check texts and they check Facebook Messenger. Sure. Uh, emails kind of get ignored until after the event. So I did that. And at the event, there was, uh, it was an enormous amount of people that showed up at these, you know, these booths and the hallways. It was, I'd say probably a hundred people right there at this little corner booth. And oh, wow. uh, I kind of felt guilty because we clogged the aisle. The <laughs> aisleways. Yeah, but I, I was like, man, this, this is great. This is well, and you, what happens when a crowd is created is everybody wants to know what's going on too. Exactly. So there's probably people there that didn't even know who we were and now they do. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Hey, let's talk, if you don't mind, if you got a couple more minutes, I'd like to talk about, you, you mentioned chat bots. I haven't really been a big proponent or user of chat bots, but it's not necessarily that I'm against them. I see some weaknesses and I also see some tendencies that I'm not, you know, thrilled about, but obviously it doesn't make the medium bad. How are you guys using, you know, social media chat and what's been your experience? The game has kind of changed a little bit in the last like month and, and on March 4th, it's going to change again because the, the rules that they're setting. So make sure you're, you're keeping up with that, but how we've used them in the past and how I'm going to keep using them until it doesn't work anymore is we'll run ads for, let's just say training, for instance, and what I do on the ads is I actually connect the chat bot to the ad and in the ad, it says, Hey, comment below and dirty Harry, who's our chat bot, dirty Harry will send you a message with more information. And so people comment, they get an automatic chat bot message and then they have to reply to the bot to actually give you permission to send them yeah. communications. And so as soon as they reply, it actually disseminates, the information, you know, we ask for their email address and their phone number if they'll give it, I think. And uh, as soon as they give that information, it actually shoots over to our system so we can utilize messenger email and text message, assuming that they've given us permission to do that. Yeah. And 
so we we do that. So that's how we gather the information by using the ads to comment, and then they get into see, the. I want to point out something that's super smart about that. That, that this is where I see a lot of people mess up when it comes to social media chat bots like Facebook bots, Messenger bots, is they try to keep it all in Messenger. Why though? That that was my question. I've had clients do that before. I said, well, why do you want to do that? And they say, well, that, that's where we got their information. I was like, okay, but don't you want to be where they want to be? What, what if you just caught them while they were on Messenger? And if well, it, it, I think it's the same situation as those people who have like a YouTube channel and all they have are subscriptions. Yeah. It, it's great as long as the, the company doesn't change the rules on you. Then, you know, cool, you know, do stuff. But you know that when there's one company in charge, they're going to change the rules. Now. That's, that's the, the positive about emails that there's not one company in charge. Mm. There's, a, there's a few big players, but there's competition. And so they can't just run, you know, rackshaw on you and do whatever they want to do. Same with texting. You got the carriers that are making the calls. So yeah, they can kind of group together and do some things, but it's a lot more difficult to get four big companies to get on the same page than it is one. And that's the danger I've always seen with the messenger bots because you know, marketers going to ruin it. Mm. Yeah. When they do, the company's going to respond. They don't have to go through committee or anything like that. They can just basically do it. I consider myself a marketer. Yeah. You don't have to ruin it. No. You don't have to. But it's, know that there's not as many people like you and I, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I would, you know, if, if, if you're interested in the information, you know, the tactics and stuff, uh, doing it where it's not going to ruin these mediums, then let's chat. I'd love to do yeah. that. It's the more people that we can make do it. Absolutely. We can get to. Okay, but I interrupted you. You're making a bigger point. You don't have to ruin it as a marketer. Oh, yeah. You, you don't have to ruin it as a marketer. So I don't know where I was going to go after that. Well, so what are, you, what are you seeing with Facebook Messenger? Are you seeing signs that people are kind of ruining some things? Oh, yeah. Facebook is changing. It's a whole new rule set coming in March. I think it's March 4th is the implementation date. So that's a whole new rule set. And then I, I have to assume that that's only because people were abusing the service. Yeah. That's what I saw when it first came out because we kind of monitored it and we had people saying, Hey, will you do some stuff? You know, like you've done for texting for, for uh, Facebook. And, you know, I, I knew our limitations and I knew that we didn't have the staff and the developers to keep up with what Facebook would do. And which was inevitable is that they're going to be constantly changing the rules. We already have our face, our fixture funnel sync product you know, that interacts with Facebook and it's bad enough because you got to update like every month just to keep up with their API because they break stuff all the time and they don't really, they're not really great in their API about explaining things. And so yes. I just thought, you know, there's no way we could keep up with it. And I don't want to really encourage that behavior. There's already people handling it out there. We'll let them handle it, but it's just on the front side that I, where I see it being valuable, the way that you're doing it, where you're having a, very quick interaction to move them to a different medium, but you still have that medium available as long as the rules allow for some stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And the change that's coming on, it might already be implemented. I, I'm not sure, but I can ask somebody on my team if you want to know for sure. But the essentially what you're going to have to do with Facebook chatbots is if they, if the person has not interacted with a message that you sent within 24 hours, then you won't be able to send them another one. 
So what that means to me is that you've got to have either myself or somebody doing, sending a message every single day, which takes a lot of time. And, and I don't know, which is going to burn a lot of people. It's going to burn a lot of people. Yeah. Cause they don't know how to communicate and on an ongoing basis. It's tough. I, you know, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't communicate daily with a whole bunch of people. You know, I could sit down and set up 365 days worth of automated messages, but you know, if they don't want a message every day, then why should I send them a message? Yeah. Well, that's the same limitation that we found about WhatsApp. So WhatsApp, you know, super guarded. They started to open up their API and their rules are the exact same. Facebook. Their rule is you can send messages of three types. It's like a notification, a delivery update, um, an appointment reminder. Those are the three that they would allow, but that's it. And then you can interact live for 24 hours. Yep. And I think what we'll see over time is Facebook actually moving closer to the WhatsApp rules and WhatsApp probably not moving at all. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Facebook bought WhatsApp and so they're the Yeah, they did. So yeah, they figured out that I guess that maybe works for the user. Who knows? Well, you know, Facebook, if there's one good thing about them is that they're always checking, they're always doing split tests of some sort. And so I think what they've done over the last couple of years is they've run WhatsApp as, a, as one experiment and Facebook Messenger as another. And there's a lot of positive things about Facebook Messenger. A lot of those things we're hoping to see come out in RCS, which is, it's, it's the new texting standard, but we have to get iPhone, Android, and then all the carriers on board before we'll see that, which will be real rich communication. That's what RCS stands for, rich communications system. So you'll be able to do all the things you can do on a Facebook message inside of a text message is what will come at some point. We just got to get uh, Apple on board. I think Android's you know, been doing it for a while now. Hmm. But once they get Apple on board, then the carriers on board, the carriers will do it. They'll charge a little bit extra because it's going to be a whole new system for them. But it'll be faster and better. And because we're paying a little bit more, supposedly the carriers will be better at delivery too. So Heard it here first, you know, that's, that's what's coming down the pike for texting. Well, thanks so much. This has been really cool. I, I think that those two strategies can be real helpful for folks that are teaching and, you know, trying to get attendance up, or even if you're selling by webinar, webinar is a virtual event. If it's free, you know, we already talked about all the downsides, but you can mitigate a lot of those with the same strategies. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the goal for a virtual event there's, it's actually twofold for, for us anyway. It's that we want to disseminate the information to as many people as possible, but also the attendees of the virtual event, we want to convert them into attendees of live events. And so that's yeah. something that you can do uh, in your business as well, um, yeah. those of you that are listening. Well, hey, thanks a lot, Jared. I know you're at a hard break. You got to go. And so I don't I want to respect your time. I thank you for being on again. Again, if you have not already reached out to Jared, you've got a really great um, document. You shared it with me and you can get it by texting funnel to 385-217-6624, right? Yes, that's correct. So that'll be in the show notes as well. So if you want to go to the blog and see this post, you'll be able to get it there as well. And you can text it over to Jared and get that resource. Thanks so much for being on again. I, we're going to have to do this again because I can tell there's a lot more than what we've covered so far, but we'll give you a little break between now and the next time. Yeah. 
give my brain time to relax, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been and, my honor. Thanks again. Yep. Thank you.